Welcome to the Branding Blog Podcast. I'm Dave Young, and I'm really excited about my guest this week. Ari Mizell uh, interviewed me, actually, for, for his podcast uh, about a week ago, and uh, Ari runs a site called LessDoing.com. He's got a really interesting uh, story that we're going to hear from him and talk about uh, what he's doing today and how he can help business owners just, uh, boy, just get get more done, even though the site is the art of less doing. Is that right, Ari? That's right. Yeah. Thanks for We're, having me on, Dave. It's, it's, it's uh, less doing, more living. Less but, doing, you know, more basically living. Basically getting, getting more done and less. Awesome. I mean, I, I love the, I love the uh, just the little play on that, less doing, because we, we all just feel like we're, we're, we're doing way too much. Yep, and uh, I think that's that's really what you're what you're getting at. Um, now you're in you're in Manhattan. Uh, I I record out here in in the uh, boonies of uh, Western Nebraska. Um, I wanted to ask you because I'm fascinated with with your story uh, and how you got into coaching. Uh, and I'm not even sure where I where I first uh, noticed it, but but you've got a video uh, of you uh, speaking at a regional TED conference. Is that that's where that was, right? Yeah, I, uh, I spoke at uh, TEDx East, um, I think last May, and, and that's it's the New York, the, the main New York uh, TEDx event, and I think it's the biggest TEDx event. Okay, and it was a fascinating story because uh, it it, it uh, documents your fight with Crohn's disease, and you're you're a young guy. I'm, I, I guess I could ask how old you are. I'm just going by your yeah, pictures I, and video. I, you're, you're. I'm, I mean, I'm 29. You're 29, so you, yeah, you're definitely a young guy. Um, and just for for people that don't understand the seriousness of it, tell us a little bit what Crohn's disease is. And, sure. And um, what what kind of things you were experiencing? Yeah, sure. So uh, Crohn's disease is basically a chronic inflammation of the digestive tract. It's a it's a pretty unknown uh, disease. I mean, it's well known, but the the causes and origins and, and the stressors are, are really, there's lots of different schools of thought on it. Um, I, uh, in retrospect, have had it since I was 14 and had some issues that we just didn't identify. It's, it's usually misdiagnosed or not diagnosed. Okay. Um, and about five years ago, I was diagnosed with severe Crohn's disease that was spread throughout my uh large intestines, my entire small intestines, and parts of my stomach. So I had it really bad, um, and it causes most people end up having to go to the bathroom 20 times a day. Lots, I was in just excruciating amounts of pain uh, pretty much every day. I was quickly put on, up, uh, got up to 16 pills a day, including systemic steroids, which were just making me a nut job, and uh, a drug called 6MP, which was originally uh, designed to treat leukemia. So I had morning sickness for six months and was losing my hair a little bit. Um, and I had one night in the hospital where I pretty much thought I was going to die. So if Crohn's disease didn't kill you, the, the cure was going to kill you. That's right. And it's also, it's, it's considered an incurable disease. Okay. Now, and, and at this time, so we're, we're talking in your early to mid twenties is when, when you were diagnosed with, with the severest form. What were you doing then? I mean, what what you're trying to pursue a career, education? Well, so it's, it's funny because stress is a large component of this disease as well as a lot of autoimmune uh, diseases. And I went up to visit a friend in upstate New York 
and he showed me these old buildings from the 1880s. And I got this vision that I could build lofts, uh, like in Soho there. Uh, so I made an offer to buy them that day. They were very cheap for the area, or for real estate in general. It's a very depressed area. And the deal was that anybody that worked on the job had to teach me their trade. So I spent 18 hours a day for the next three years learning and doing every construction trade imaginable, which was the most rewarding experience I've ever had, but it was also... Not a particularly healthy lifestyle. I wasn't sleeping much. I was working pretty recklessly. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, eating McDonald's at least twice a day, um, and uh, about 40 pounds heavier than I am now. Okay. So you were, you were the poster child for stress and, and uh, bad nutrition. Yeah. Three, $3 million of debt when you're 23 years old will do that to a guy. I guess. Wow. And so, so what started you on this, on this, you, you got diagnosed and so where the story is, is leading to, and just, just to let people know where, where we're headed here is, is you're now um, helping people to overcome that kind of stress that those kinds of pressures put on you through uh, coaching and, and just being a, a, an advisor for people th- that are going through some similar things or trying to get more done and enjoy their life more. But what led you to the point where you finally had to say to yourself that this this has to change something's got to something's got to give here yeah so there's a lot of like self-loathing and anger and pity that goes into a disease that that basically your body is fighting against your body so um i I, you know, you just kind of give in. And every time you go to the, the doctor and he said, okay, you got to take two more pills now. And you got to take two, you know, this time you have to take this new drug. And, um, there was always more and more. So, uh, like I said, eventually there was this one night in the hospital where I really, really thought I was going to die. Um, and, uh, got through that night and my, uh, then fiance was, uh, or is, she, she is a yoga instructor and a nutritional con- counselor. And, um, we just decided that we needed to reboot my system and go to the extreme. So started doing a lot of self quantified or quantified self and self tracking. Um, I basically started testing every data point I could possibly think of from blood to genetics to, um, weight and, uh, bone density. And uh, I mean, you name it, I tested it. And then the next part about that was a lot of self-experimentation. And I found the foods that were causing me problems. And I found a supplement regimen of some somewhat bizarre supplements that worked wonders with my system. Um, I also started getting in really good shape at the time I started exercising and eventually started training for, uh, triathlons and competed in Ironman France last July. Wow. So that's, it's quite a, quite a change. Um, so how long from that, from that, uh, turning point in the hospital to competing in Ironman? So, uh, that was, let's see. I almost two years, I would say, or almost two and a half years, actually. Um, and it was six months after I stopped, uh, six months after that event in the hospital, they stopped my meds. And a few months later, or a few weeks later, that I got blood results from the doctor and a letter basically saying, we can no longer find this disease in your system. Um, and it's an incurable disease. So that was pretty cool to hear. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I did my first triathlon and then I did uh, half Ironman in new Orleans. And then, um, I was training, you know, 25 hours a week and, uh, did Ironman France, um, which is when my coach at the time took me on my, my triathlon coach, she was reluctant to do so because she was 
convinced that I was going to bring on a flare-up from the Crohn's. Mm-hmm. So are, are you still doing any, any of the real estate and architectural kind of, kind of things, or uh, are you focused full-time on, on other endeavors? Yeah, well, so after I did that development, I came back down here and I started managing a project in the Hamptons, which would then become the first LEED certified green building in the Hamptons. So I, I'm a LEED accredited professional. I ended up writing a book on green building materials, which was based on a blog that I had started. Um, so I still, that that's LEED consulting has been my main business for the past five years or so. But about a year and a half ago, I started this blog, Less Doing. Um, with a friend of mine who's since gone on to a, a new startup. Uh, and it was just two guys who were into productivity and geeking out on different ways to, to be more productive. Um, but it very quickly, I, I evolved it into a real framework and methodology for being more effective. And the being more effective is what led to the coaching because I started teaching these classes about the less doing system. And I got approached by some people who said they wanted me to work with them one-on-one. And basically, I've pooled all the different experiences I've had and all the different resources to be able to offer an incredibly holistic approach to making people more effective. So I have clients who come to me for fitness reasons and we end up working on their startup. Uh, And I have clients who come to me because they hate their jobs and are in transition and we end up working on um, performance related stuff when it comes to they, they want to do their first triathlon um, relationships come into it I mean, I mean you name it I've seen now in clients just every array of problem there is and every time there's a way to quantify it to analyze it to figure out real proper milestones and goals in order to overcome and just do better so the only way I've been able to kind of encompass this is I call it achievement architecture and th- that I can make people more effective at everything Okay, so so you're basically applying the things that you use to uh, to turn your physical life and mental life around, uh, and and aim those same tools in in directions that that uh, I, I suppose are even surprising to you in in some ways. Uh, in, in terms of the application, right? I mean, there's just so many different ways you can do this, or, or so right, many different exactly. kinds of problems that you can you can aim this type of approach at. Yeah, and what I love about it is that my I get every new client now. They basically just give me a laundry list, and you know it can be the laundry list can include like that they want to be able to outsource their bookkeeping for their company, and they want to learn how to do lucid dreaming. You know, like I mean, it, you name it, and okay. we'll attack that problem. Oh, that's really cool. So, lessdoing dot com, and and I mean, what comes to mind? You know, for, for people that that kind of uh, are are have dabbled in in this area of of uh, whether it's self improvement or life hacking. Of course, there's life hacking. There's there's biohacking. The, yeah, the 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 kind of Zen approach. I mean, there's all kinds of productivity uh, people out there that have all kinds of of advice and coaching and and things. Uh, I I think what what I I really like about your approach, and I've I've read a, f- a few things on your on your site that that talk about it. Um, I love the the post about um, first of all, throwing away your to-do list. Yeah, um, that, that was a fun one. To-do lists have been the bane of my existence, right? I, I mean, I, I hate them. I never – and so because I hate them, I, I never do them. Uh, so I, to, to to read your approach to that was re- refreshing to me just because 
most of the time, I, I agree with what you said, that to-do list is always just staring at you of a reminder of the stuff you haven't done. Yeah, and then there's the Zirgnack effect, which I love that I found out about after, which is that unconscious voice that nags at us about things that are not finished and kind of disrupts our thoughts mm -hmm. until we get them done, but that doesn't help us get it done. So yeah, the the, the whole idea of a to-do list, I, I, I realize is just... It's 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 making static something that should be dynamic, basically. So mm -hmm. you can't be thinking about all those things all the time, and there's no reason to because there's just no way that you're working on you know a dozen projects that all match up perfectly and have milestones that all match. It just it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it, it, everything everything kind of comes at you at once. And if you look, and if you also if you look at um, there's this there's this great plugin for Gmail called the Email Game that's made by Baden Systems and it's it's a, it's a really effective thing and basically they make they'll make you 30 percent faster at dealing with email but w what it does is when you get an email you have three seconds to decide whether you're going to reply to it uh, or, or reply or forward uh, delete it or just delay it so once you do that if let's say you decide to reply to it it mm -hmm. opens the email and then you have three minutes to write the email. And if you do that stuff, you get points. And if you don't make those time limits, then you're losing points. So the point is, is that, especially with the speed of information nowadays, tasks need to come to us in the smallest possible bite-sized chunks that are imaginable and they need to be dealt with and moved on from immediately. That's awesome. So, so the email game, and, and is that just a plug-in you can, you can add to your Gmail? Yeah, exactly, and it's uh, it's they their claim is that you'll be thumb, you'll become thirty percent faster at email. Oh, that's pretty cool because I, I I end up staring at emails and you go, oh gosh, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> yeah, and that just, and that, just there's making a reason. Quick decisions there, is very, but the very simple reason for that is that just because you're getting an email that some, when someone sends it to you doesn't mean that it's the right time in your daily schedule or your circadian rhythm for you to get that email, and you may be more effective at dealing with that an hour from now or five hours from now or tomorrow. It doesn't matter, but. My, just not right now may not be the right time. Gotcha. Now, some of the other uh, you, you're big into uh, systems. Uh, there, there's different web apps besides that that uh, you've talked about that you use yourself. Uh, so, uh, the email game you can you can delay an email. Yeah, you you can uh, defer it basically. So you can say like defer for a day, and it will take it out of your in inbox, and you'll get it. It'll come back a day later. Okay. And what that's really good for is that uh, one of the things that I like is when people have set times a day that they'll do email. So you know, I'll have a client who will only do email for ten minutes at ten o'clock, and ten minutes at noon, and ten minutes at two, and so on and so forth. So you get an email, you can just delay it for you know two hours or whatever. And then what happens is that for somebody who maybe doesn't get a lot of emails during the day, or even if they do, you're going to get to that 10-minute period and all of these emails are going to come in and you're just going to blast through them. And you get kind of an economies of scale almost by sticking with one motion over and over. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And it, it sounds like it'd be good practice. What, how does somebody get that? I mean, if, if I'm looking at Gmail, is it, is it in their labs or gadgets or what? how do you... How do you put an uh, add-on in Gmail? The, uh, the email game is just a plug-in. So you go to, I think you just Google email game and then you can okay. uh, install that. And uh, the other thing that that company makes is a product called Boomerang Mail. Which okay, I, and I'm familiar with that one. 
Yeah, so it's the same concept but with the deferring and sending later, but uh, Boomerang Mail doesn't have the game dynamics to it that the email game does. Okay. Um, and I, I've been using uh, an app on my Mac called Mailplane that, that does some of those kinds of things, and, and it will integrate Boomerang. And I, it may have the email game integrated in it, too. I remember seeing something like that and just not uh, not installing it or... or uh, not, just just not using it, but uh, you've made me want to go check it out again. Um, yeah, well, I also I have to. I, I like to say that I'm allergic to installing things on my computer. I basically <laughs> have Chrome and Dropbox installed on my Mac, and by that, it, my my computer runs like a dream. And if my computer were to blow up, I could be up and running on another computer in about seven seconds. Okay. Um, Plus that, so that aspect of it makes me very mobile, which is a real key aspect to this. I can run my business pretty much from anywhere in the world. Okay, so let, let's talk about a few few of those other things. There was another one. Just speaking of email, called Follow Up. Follow Up.cc is the single greatest gift to productivity ever. Chris Connell, who made who who designed it, is a, a productivity god, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Tell me how it works. So followup.cc is very simple. Uh, you send an email to somebody from any device or any program, and you can CC or BCC any time period you want at followup.cc. So let's say, for instance, Dave, I send you an email saying, you know, um, uh, here are my thoughts on the like last week. I could have said, here are my thoughts on the podcast next week, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, looking forward to it. And then I might BCC. Uh, Today, for instance, at or you know a week, one week at followup.cc. Yeah, you you so, write it just just like that. You the the address that you send it to is follow up at or, or no Wednesday, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You could say Wednesday nine p.m. You could say March one. You can say tomorrow. You can say next week. And, it, and you send it to that time period at followup.cc, and because you've registered with them, it recognizes the from as from you. Right. Actually, the first time you use it, you don't even have to register. You'll just get an email back asking that you register. Um, and uh, then what will happen is in that situation, this, you know, like an hour or so before my, the podcast, I would have gotten this email back with all my notes that I had taken. So I don't even have to make those notes somewhere or it just comes up at the right time. <clears throat> but what you, I also it's really useful for, of course, is following up with people. So you send somebody invoice have a follow-up set for a month later. Uh, you know, if you want to follow up someone you met at a party and you say, let's talk, you know, let's talk in two weeks, email them or email yourself even mm-hmm. and uh, get that reminder as well. So uh, it puts everything, it can put all of your follow-ups in your Google calendar, which ends up being my kind of de facto to-do list because I can look at tomorrow and see that I have five follow-ups set and maybe I set one of them a month ago and maybe I set one of them a week ago and maybe I've already dealt with some of those things and I can just kind of delete them. But that, that what it tells me is that one month ago, I thought that this was going to be something relevant. So you don't have to spend much time every day looking at <laughs> – not not looking at, but planning what you have to do. I mean that that's to me the the w- one of the worst things about the the to do list is I've, the time I have to spend compiling a to do list. So when yeah, so you I don't, when I you don't... do this constantly all the time, you're saying I, I need to follow up on this one uh, a week from Tuesday. I need to follow up on this thirty days from now. All of a sudden, those things are just on your calendar at the right spot at the right time. Exactly, and so what that means is that. 
I, I go overboard on purpose. I, I, I would say that at least 60% of the emails I send have a follow-up on them. And so what? If I, send, if I do an extra follow-up and the person already got back to me and I still get this reminder, it's two seconds of my life to delete that <laughs> rather than having it written on a board across the room. And I have to look down the list and pass it and think, did I do that or not? I don't know. You know and it's, it, it just changes the whole dynamic. So this way, it's very immediate. It's very timely. And each follow-up email comes back to you with a box that lets you snooze it for a certain number, you know, like any number of preset amount of time. So, I, you know, I might have, I might get something back, and it's like, you know, I understand why I was like, why I wanted to do that, but it really could, uh, it could use, you know, I'll, I'll let them have another day or something, or I'll give this person another okay. two days to get back to me, or um, I'm busy right now, I'm writing something, I'll deal with this in an hour. Okay, and so what I like about that is, is um, gosh, I end up leaving stuff in my inbox because I plan on exactly. dealing with it in a couple hours, and then I, and then, and then, pretty soon, your your inbox is just this giant, two hundred headed snake that you don't even want to look at anymore. Exactly. So, perfect example is I, I have a a six week old son, so that means that for the last couple of weeks I've been up from one to five in the morning, um, and fortunately I've been able to get a lot of writing done. So uh, I I talked to a, a blogger today, um, and I'm probably going to write a guest post for him. And he has a web page uh, or a page on his site about what they need for guest posting. So the old me would have either left that tab open on my Chrome. Or it would have sent me myself an email and put it in the inbox and it would sit there all day mm-hmm. and it would really bug me. So all I have to do instead is I sent the link to that page to myself for uh, 1 a.m. at followup.cc. And you know you're going to be up at 1 because you've got a six-week-old six kid. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And so, so then when you're, when you're awake, uh, it, just, it just shows up and now you don't, you don't even have to think about what it is you could be doing with that time because there's something that, that's there that says, hey, do this. Exactly. It's one of the fundamentals of the whole less doing methodology is something that I call creating an external brain. And since we already have a limited capacity to use our brains as it is, the more that we can offload, the better. So what happens is you end up using followup.cc for a couple days and you start to trust it. And what that means is for me now, if I send an email and there's a followup.cc on it, within three seconds about sending that email, I couldn't tell you what it was about. Okay. So it's just out of mind. It's kind of David Allen's, David Allen's, it kind of parallels that, that whole getting things done thing, right? Where you have to do this dump so that you, you free up your, your processing capacity for the things that, that you're focusing on at hand. Yeah, except I think that it's an evolved version. My issue with, with GTD, and I know that a lot of people are in love with it, but my issue with GTD is that I feel like you almost get in this pattern of creating to-do lists because you have to create to-do lists. Yeah. Um, and it's not as dynamic as a very specific time that something's going to pop back up in a very disruptive way in your life. Whether you're at your computer and it pops up in your inbox or you're out at, uh, you know, walking down the street and you get a ping on your BlackBerry or iPhone. Uh, it's, it's, it's very momentary and you do it and you move on from it and you forget about it. Gotcha. What, what, so what, how do you decide whether to use follow-up CC or Boomerang? Because they're kind of similar. Uh, yeah. So I, I well, first of all, Boomerang doesn't. You can't. You can't easily use Boomerang while you're mobile. Um, 
you have to actually sign into a page and then do it. Whereas with followup.cc, you literally just put that address in the CC field or the BCC field. Um, I use Boomerang for, for deferring emails sometimes, but I, what I mostly use Boomerang for is deferring the sending of emails. So uh, I might gotcha. write an email on a Friday, for instance, and not have it send until a Monday morning because I don't want to get responses to it over the weekend. Gotcha. Okay, that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, that's just fascinating. Um, now, the other thing that that you've, <laughs> I, I feel like I could just like talk to you for hours about just the just the the nuts and bolts of some of these things. Ari, I appreciate you sharing it. Um, the the one thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about is your use. You you wrote a a, a post uh, about use of personal assistance, and the one you talk about, I, I think it's an interesting contrast because you talk about. Um, an on-demand service versus uh, what, what's what's the other word for it? Somebody dedicated. dedicated. So a dedicated would be you have one person that's your personal assistant, and you've got to kind of get to know them, and and you'll eventually work out a working relationship, and they understand you, and uh, you know you, you it's just like working with a, a real person uh, versus on-demand, which is you never really know who's going to do your your tasks. Is that right? Yeah, and so it's it's a kind of an interesting paradigm shift actually because I I've always I've been a proponent of virtual assistants for a long time <clears throat> and I still am uh supportive or not supportive I I still am so recommending uh dedicated assistance to people in the right circumstance. You know, there are people who really do need somebody who's working on something 40 hours a week or you know whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I push people towards is that I say that everybody should have the experience of working with a virtual assistant. Students, stay-at-home moms, real estate professionals, like everybody should because it's a learning experience for the person, uh, the, the person hiring them as well because having to explain your task in a clear way and having to communicate and delegate you know, is it, it, a process that I think everyone should go through. And uh, you, know, you might think that with an on-demand service, you're really limited to what you can do and the truth is a lot of people do use it for very basic stuff like making dinner reservations or changing a doctor's appointment, although I do think that is important even if it saves you five minutes. Uh, but fortunately, there's all sorts of great web services out there now and I've culled a lot of them and wrote that article about basically how you can kind of play with the chemistry of existing products and how you use them together in order to use a on-demand assistant as a de- as if they were dedicated and the the real benefit there twofold one is that having to explain the task in a very clear way in a step-by-step way so that it's rep- repetitive and replicable and can be transferred to somebody without any prior knowledge of who you are if you can do that you're doing really well mm-hmm. and you're really delegating and you're properly uh, relaying something that needs to be executed. The other thing that it does is it makes you kind of bulletproof or bombproof because if somebody gets sick or somebody doesn't, uh, you know, or stops being an assistant for a company or they have a bad day, you're not <laughs> prone to that or you're not, you're not, um, I'm sorry, you're not um, susceptible to that because the task is so transferable that anybody can do it. So do you, do you end up, um, having some kind of a, of uh, documentation or instructions for the kind of tasks that you ask people to do if, if they're a little more complex than, uh, you know, if, if it's the type of thing that you might use a dedicated person for that, that you had to train? 
Yeah, and so first of all, just as I have to hammer into people's heads that they are not the only person that can do 95% of the tasks that they do on a daily basis, <laughs> it's the same thing when dealing with a virtual assistant. Your tasks are a lot easier to do than you think. And, if long, and, and the process of you having to write them out and explain them will show you that in most cases. But um, So there's a Gmail plugin called Canned Responses, which allows you to create template emails that you can just click one button and it propagates the email with it and you can send it off. Um, and I have several of those set up for my assistants. And the most complicated one has 14 steps to it. And But there, I mean... One step is going to a website. The second step is logging into the website. You know, so it, it's idiot proof, uh, and it's started out as twenty steps. And I realized that you know this didn't make sense here, and I could reorder this this way, and got it down to fourteen. Um, and that particular task is the process of dealing with getting out of parking tickets. Believe it or not. Wow. Okay. Uh, important in New York. Yes. <laughs> But uh, I mean, and the thing is, is it's it's something. It's a legitimate issue that I have. Um, I'm legally able to get out of these tickets because I have a commercial pickup truck. It's just a matter of writing a letter and showing an invoice and explaining this stuff. And it's something that literally used to take me two or three hours a week to deal with. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's. I mean, I'm I'm happy if I can save five minutes, but two or three hours a week is something really you know exceptional what are some of the um, other things that, that that you use it for that people just might not think about i mean because that's that's i guess if you've never used a personal assistant or, or even an on-demand service like that um you may not even have an idea of, of the kinds of things that you could have them do most people don't um because they're just unfortunately blissfully unaware of what actually goes into their day and what they're really spending all their time on and you know their efforts, which is, by the way, that's the first fundamental of less doing is the 80-20 rule, which is really mostly about figuring out where you're putting your resources. But um, I actually wrote this really cool ebook, which has over 100 things that you can have virtual assistants do. But I mean, I'll, I'll give you some good examples, you know. Um, so... Things that, that can be done, first of all, without any tools necessarily needed. You can have them summarize content. You can have them cold call for you if you provide them with a script. Um, update a document or an Excel spreadsheet. Proofread something. Um, you can have them transcribe audio if you want. Just send them a, you know, an audio clip and they'll, they'll transcribe it for you. Uh, Fact-checking, travel research. I, I, one of the things I love having them do is finding a near, a near, the nearest store that has an item that I want to buy in stock. Okay. Uh, if it's not something that I can get online. But you know, then you can get into some real heavy-duty stuff like having them just completely manage your schedule or dealing with voicemail or mailing letters and doing physical mailing list stuff for you, uh, blog content moderation, um, Craigslist, eBay postings, you know, expense reporting. You can have them do bookkeeping stuff for you. Um, I have my assistants deal with incoming checks for the rental properties that I own and having them get deposited by mail. So, so these these services the, do the do the tasks go out to whoever has the uh, like if you're if you're asking somebody to post something on eBay or Craigslist, I would assume that those services have people that are uh, more proficient at those kinds of things than other type type of tasks. And so, is that how they do that? Do they? Yeah, uh, I mean, most of them do have uh, different verticals that they have the assistants working in. Uh, the, the website service or the uh, virtual assistant service that I work with, which Fancy Hands, um, mm-hmm. they have some algorithmic way of assigning tasks to different people, supposedly. 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I do know that it works. <laughs> okay. Well, that's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I, w- I would love to. I know you, you're, you're a busy guy, and we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, I so appreciate you. Just, just some of these tips. I know so many business owners that are just so swamped with things uh, that 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 being more productive is, is going to make a difference for them. Uh, and Ari, in the in the in the blog itself here, I'm going to put the links on. But uh, lessdoing.com is where you're going to find uh, just about everything that we've talked about. I think I, I can't think of anything that we've we've mentioned here that, that they wouldn't be able to get there. No, it's all there. The achievement architecture stuff is there, and you know, I, I'm I'm happy to. Well, I should. I mean, I have it listed on the coaching page, but people can can sign up to do a, a 15 minute consultation with me, and I can show them, you know, just how much fun we can have. Making one of them the more effective. speaking of fun, one of the things that you told me uh, last week when we talked was about using the site Fiverr, f i v e r r dot com, and how yeah. how it was actually somebody on Fiverr that you paid five bucks that coined the phrase uh, achievement architecture for you. Is that right? Yeah, totally by accident. They, they were offering basically a, an optimizing look at your LinkedIn profile, and uh, that's what the guy came up with. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. So uh, a, a great phrase like that for five bucks. And, and the, there have been some pretty cool things I've, uh, I've noticed on Fiverr that I'm, I'm shooting off to some of my clients because they're, they're just, a, just some quirky, weird little things that you can have done uh, I've got a roofing client who's uh, rolling out a, an on-demand uh, roof leak thing, and there's a guy on Fiverr that will um, take a high-resolution picture or or video for an extra ten bucks of him writing a message on a whiteboard underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, there's a particularly popular. One. There's a really popular Fiverr right now. This guy does a fake skydiving video holding a sign that has your message on it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And so all, all, yeah. this, all this stuff for five bucks. It's been a lot of fun just, just uh, looking through that site. So, well, in the, in the spirit of getting things done and, uh, well, the right things, less doing, uh, I want to thank you for, for being on the Branding Blog Podcast. It's kind of a shorter one than, than I usually do because I, I like having these rambling conversations, but I'm going to respect your time, Ari. And maybe we can do this again. I'd love to. Leave that door open. Uh, Ari Mizell, lessdoing.com is where you're going to find uh, Ari and his story and uh, all of his tips and tricks for productivity. And uh, I am throwing away the idea of a to-do list forever. I'm, I'm just glad to say that. Uh, the, awesome. It just, it just won't be nagging me anymore, right? The, because mostly my to-do list has been write a to-do list. Ah, I feel so relieved. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ari. Help. You've been listening to the Branding Blog Podcast with Dave Young, and I look forward to talking to you next time. <laughs>